Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant and guest producer Noel. Noel is in the house. Yes, he is. In the new studio. Yeah. Man, this place is comfy, cozy. I like it. I wish, um, you know, I wish there was a chair version of a waterbed. I know. This is a nappish <laughs> little place. Yeah, especially today. I think I'm, uh, I'm dragging. All apologies. Yeah, same here. So if we're talking kind of slow or low or we just stop talking for a little while, it's we're just tired. Yeah. Bumped into you at the Hawks game last night. I know. Hey, how how's it going? How funny is that, you know? Yeah. Just the bump in. Yep. We were both at the Hawks game and the Hawks won. Didn't even know we were going. No. Look over in line. There's Josh and Yumi. Yeah. It was great. There's Chuck and Eddie. Yep. Fast Eddie. Each other. In, a, in an arena of 18,000, bumping into someone. Is that it? That's all it holds? I think it's something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a, a good, lot, lot of people. It's a good arena. Yeah. But you had box seats because you're special. They were free. <laughs> I, mine were free too. And the nosebleeds. Yeah. <laughs> I like just about every seat in that place. Yeah, it's not too bad. I was, I was, uh, laughing about the nosebleeds going in. Uh, but then I got up there. I was like, this is great. Yeah. You can see everything. Did your nose actually bleed? Just, uh, twice. Yeah. <laughs> once out of a sheer excitement. <laughs> and then once from the altitude. And that was more of a spray, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just covering everyone. <laughs> yeah, it was like, go uh, hawks. Boy, what a weird intro. It's a little weird. Um, but I mean, it kind of jibes a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because we're talking, yeah. You were mentioning blood. Sure. I was shedding cells and blood. You were. Like, blood is made up of cells and we shed tons of cells. But before we get to that, right, there's the fact of the podcast. You shed cells. Um, I want to mention this one thing I read. Yeah. It's called. I think the title of the article is The Self is Moral. It's yeah. about like where we get our identity of self yeah. from, like where it's rooted. It was written by a person named Nina Strohmeyer, I believe. It was on Aeon Magazine. Yeah. Just type in The Self is Moral, Aeon. It'll come up. That'll get you there. Uh, and uh, it, toward the beginning, the the author says there's this very famous philosophical exercise, which, you know, philosophers love to do, like, mental exercises. Yeah, that's what, that's all they have. So imagine <laughs> you have, like, a kind of, kind of yeah. imagine you have, like, a ship, right? Okay. Like a boat. Yeah. A nice Yankee clipper. Okay. Okay? And uh, this Yankee clipper is slowly, over time, kind of salvaged for parts. Okay. But rather than just being stripped, like, every time a part is taken out, it's replaced, yeah. And then over the course of like 50, 100 years, as each plank, as each bolt, as each like mast head, even the thing, the carved lady in front, yeah, <laughs> eventually just gets replaced with something else. Yeah, a new carved lady that speaks of the time. Right. You know? Is it still, though, after every single part has been replaced, the same ship that it was before? Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, I don't think that can be possible. Why not? Especially if it has the same name. And it's the same ship in the same place as before. It was just slowly over yeah. time uh, moved out. True. Where does the self lie? Yeah. That's a good point, man. Like uh, redoing a house, same thing. Yeah. I you mean, replace like, all the floors and the walls and the windows. Like when does it cease to become that same house that was built in 
1930. Exactly. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is really cool. And the reason that it applies to this episode is because over the course of your lifetime, a significant portion, pretty much all of the cells in your body are going to like be replaced. Yeah. So that the the uh, person even after you reach your adult self, yeah, physically, um by the time you die, assuming you're going to die much later, uh you you are essentially a different person at least on the cellular level. Yeah, 37 trillion cells ish. That's how many we have? Yeah, that's what they estimate. And I did a little looking into lifespan too. That sounds too. like a, an estimate. Thirty-seven trillion. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? Like they're like give or take. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did a little research into lifespans just because this all sort of comes back to like your death, basically, because yeah. yeah. that's all death is: is your your cells, you know, dying little by little. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Chuck, one of the things that like why do we die? If our we'll get to all that. Oh, okay. But it's intriguing, you know. It is. It started, you know questions started popping up. So apparently we gain about three months every three months of life, humanity, every year that we progress. Like the average lifespan expands by three months? Yeah. Like if you were born in 2012, the average lifespan is now, and this is the United States, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. 78.8. If you were born in 1901, it was about 47 and 50 years for men and women, respectively. But if you look at the ratio, it's still about three months Despite all our technologies, three months a year. Every year. Every year. Just slowly creeping along. Yeah, because the, the, I think the article it was like when we're going to live to be 100 by average. And they say by the year 2100, if things hold, mm-hmm. then uh, the average human on, or American will be about 100 years old. I thought that, so I guess that's oh, we'll just, live to be 100. if things are steadily progressing. I had heard that like our generation would be either the last or the first the last to, to not, not hit triple digits or the first two. On average. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess and these are all off. guesses, you know. Yeah. So who knows? Plus, if you believe in like uh, uh, things speeding, science speeding up. Yeah. What is that? Moore's Law? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Applied to computers, though, in that case, right? Right. right. But I mean, you can extend sure. it to other stuff. Yeah. Then you might think, you know, it's it's. But, you know, they say it's not increasing like that. No. At least not so far. Moore's Law is exponential growth. Just adding three months every year is yeah. non-exponential. Is geometric? I think we're still at non-exponential growth. Definitely. Yeah. We're just adding three months. Yeah. It's not bad, though. That's a pretty good average. Every it's, four years, it's an extra year. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to think about, you know, people that were born, you know, a lot of our colleagues, like eight years behind us, mm-hmm. are going to live an average of two years longer. Yeah. That seems unfair. Sad. Yeah. I know. What did they do to so deserve that? We're uh <laughs> we're thinking about our own deaths today. Yeah. Um and Chuck the there's this uh rumor theory legend maybe. Okay. That your body regenerates itself. Ninety five percent of your body regenerates itself every year. Yeah, that's not true. No, it's not true. But it was a very long-standing rumor, and it was actually based on science. Yeah. You know, not just the idea that, oh, yeah, our cells regenerate. So uh, back of the envelope estimate is that, you know, we regenerate 95 or 98% of ourselves every year. Mm -hmm. It was early experimentation 
by injecting um, radioactive isotopes into human beings yeah. and then following their course and then making estimates based on that led to this idea. It's called pulse labeling. Is it? Yeah, it's like tagging an animal in the wild, basically. Right, but you're just tagging a cell. Yeah. Or specific it, types of cells. Yeah, they don't do that to humans anymore. No. They do it very, to animals, I think. It's a very dumb thing to do. Sure. <laughs> Injecting radiation. Exactly. Yeah. Unless, of course, you know, it's radiation treatment. That's true. Which is still a really weird thing, if you think about it. It's Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be like one of those things we look back on. As like a primitive treatment? <laughs> yeah. 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 I hope so. Um but the, there, there was this long-standing science for decades, or this idea, scientific idea, that we regenerated ourselves by ninety-five, ninety-eight percent. Finally, and I think two thousand five, um, there was a a researcher named Dr. Jonas Friesen. He's Swedish. This dude's awesome. He said this whole urban legend is really bringing me down. I want to figure out a way to really track how often the human body regenerates itself. Yeah, and the, the biggest question has been the brain, specifically the cerebral cortex, mm-hmm. and uh, the heart and the heart muscles. I mean, they want to know all this stuff, but those were the two biggest mysteries, I think. Right, there's still the mysteries, but if you went back to prior to 2005 and Dr. Friesen's research, it was all a mystery. Yeah. He figured out... He basically put a very accurate time stamp on how often human tissue and human cells regenerate themselves, yeah. right? So the way he did this is very clever. For a long time, botanists knew that the trees around the world contained a spike of carbon-14 radiation. Yes, thanks to uh, humans and nuclear bombs. Exactly. From 1954 to 1963... Tree rings for for tree growth around the world show a big spike in carbon fourteen. Carbon fourteen is naturally occurring too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, just cosmic rays from the sun bombard Earth's atmosphere and create radioactive isotopes by knocking electrons from particles in Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Right? Um, those radioactive particles become carbon fourteen. Which is radioactive. And in the atmosphere, carbon-14 binds to oxygen and creates carbon dioxide. That's right. Which comes to Earth. Every living thing breathes this stuff in, whether it's a plant, whether it's a human. Yeah. Like, we just have C-14 in our bodies. And we also eat plants. Exactly. That contain the C-14, besides breathing it in. And we also eat the animals that eat the plants that ingest... C-14, right? Yeah. So, like, do. we got carbon-14 in our bodies. That's right. But because of the spike in carbon-14 that was introduced to the atmosphere from nuclear testing, yeah. um, there there is a spike in humans as well. So you can roughly age like a human compared to another human if they were born in, say, 1959 and one who was born in 1970 after there was that spike of carbon-14 had gone away, right? Right. That's pretty cool. But what Dr. Friesen did is even cooler. He basically went back to those tree trunks, those tree rings that show a spike in carbon-14. Yeah. And, and created a calendar. I know. It's, so, it's of, awesome. Of carbon-14 decay and basically said, okay, on this date, mm-hmm. this is how much carbon-14 was on Earth. Yeah. 
And if I take this cell and compare it, knowing that carbon-14 decays at a, a constant rate, yeah. I can tell you exactly how old the cell is. Exactly. And he used it to date cells and tissues and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, he w- he went looking for a marker, and he found one due to our atomic testing program. Yeah. Which is pretty weird. Yeah. Just released all that junk in the atmosphere, and now, all these years later, it has a nice use. Yeah. You know? It does. So we now know when we're going to die. Right. Sort of. And the the reason he was able to use this as a marker chuckers is that um, when you when you take a breath of life, your first breath of life. That's right. And you get some uh, you get some of that C14 into your DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and a steady amount stays in there. Like you don't keep ingesting C14 as far as I understand, as far as your oh, DNA you goes. Oh, okay. Once it's in your DNA, as your cells divide, yeah. that original amount becomes divided evenly. Right. So the less C14 that's in tissue, the older those that cell line is. Right. Or the, the younger the actual cells are. Right. Is that right? I think so, which would mean the new cell, the marker would be a fresh batch of the C14. No, it'd have less C14. Oh, really? Yeah, let's say you have... Oh, because the cell divided, yes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like, you have 10 grams of C14, which you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine what that would be like. But let's say your your one cell that's never divided has 10. Yeah. When it divides into two, it's each of those two cells is going to have five grams. Right. And then two and a half, and then 1.75, and so on and so on. Um, so since you know that C14 is generated at a constant rate, you know that it decays at a half-life of 5,730 years. Yeah. Uh, it, you can look at the, the amount of C14 mm-hmm. and then also the decay of it as well. Yeah. You can date things that are no longer living too to see when the, when they ingested that C14 was. Yeah. He's a little, uh, like a bingo card. He just, from the calendar that he made of the trees, mm-hmm. and he holds it up in the light, and that's how he determines it. It's not true. But what he did determine, though, was, which is really cool, and this is sort of what we've been building toward, is that um, most of your cells are about 7 to 10 years old Yes, in the body. And there are variances, and of course we're going to talk about all that. And right after this break, we're going to uh, give you a little primer on cells so you know what all this means. Right. All right, Josh, we were promised to sell primer, and we like to deliver on those promises. <laughs> Here's stuff you should know. So uh, I guess we started off by saying there are 37 trillion cells uh, about in the human body. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. And um, water makes up about two-thirds the weight of those cells. Oh, yeah? That's right. They're tiny. Uh, you need a microscope to see them. And it's like it's the tiniest thing that can still reproduce. Yeah. And even though we have many different kinds of cells, I think 200 types. Um, and it, within those cells, there are differences, but there are a lot of similarities with all cells right? Uh, in their structure. Um, namely, they have a cell membrane. They have a nucleus. They have a nucleus. Some have more than one. Um, and these membranes are what allows nutrients to pass in and out, uh, waste to pass out. 
water through osmosis travels in. Mm-hmm. Um, reverse osmosis <laughs> travels out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what else? We got your mitochondrion as well. That's where this is the important, uh, really important thing, which is this basically is the, what keeps your cells alive. That's the power center, right? Yeah. And that's, um, you know, your cells need food to live just like your body does, but you can't pass that, that hamburger straight into your cell. Right. You, it needs to be broken down so your cell can use it. Exactly. Um, into what? Adenosine triphosphate. ATP is like the the universal cell fuel, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that the body does make. I think you need like 23. I think you need 23 amino acids and like nine of them your body doesn't really manufacture. So those are the nine non-essential amino acids, right? Right. And you use amino acids to build proteins and use proteins for everything from making muscles to making red blood cells to um, your mounting an immune response. Proteins are very, very vital. And some of them you have to build by eating stuff from your environment, right? Yeah. So you go out and you find yourself a nice pig and you cut off its back leg. You say, sorry, pig, here's a peg leg for you, but I need this leg. I'm going to eat this leg. And what I'm really eating is the muscle. And what I'm really, really eating is the glutamine. Yeah. And then my body's going to take this glutamine. It can make it itself, but it doesn't hurt to have an extra little bit of glutamine. Yeah, it doesn't help, hurt to have that pig leg in your exactly. back pocket. Exactly, <laughs> right. So I'm chomping on the pig leg, eating Sorry the to pig's our muscles. Sorry vegetarian listeners, by the way. Right, just use your imagination for a second. Sure. Um, and yes, I'm sorry too. Yeah. Uh, so you're eating the pig leg and you're gaining this glutamine as a result and your body's metabolizing the glutamine and then reusing it, right? Yeah. And it can be glutamine, it can be... Um, Anything. We, if we're ingesting a protein, if we're ingesting amino acids, if we're eating any kind of food, sugars, whatever, our bodies break it down into its constituent parts. And then a lot of those constituent parts become part of our bodies. Yeah. So if you think about it, in this sense, when we eat, when we breathe, we're taking in stuff we need from the environment. Yeah. And that stuff that we take in from the environment becomes a part of us, literally, physically, on the molecular level. Yeah. It becomes a part of us. For better or worse, depending on what it is, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great... I think that's ultimately one of the side lessons of this whole thing is we should take care of our environment. Yeah. Because that environment becomes us, and we either suffer or thrive as a result of it. You ever heard the expression, you are what you eat? <laughs> exactly. You know, you that, literally are what you eat. Quite literally. Um, and then also, Chuck, it goes, it goes the other way as well. When we excrete waste, when we exhale CO2, yeah. that's taken up by other things in the environment. It's deposited into the environment, and it becomes part of the environment itself. Yeah. So not only do we regenerate our cells regenerate tissue um, every, on average, seven to ten years, become almost wholly a new version of ourselves. Yeah. Um, we are also, the boundary between us and the surrounding environment is really non-existent because there's a constant exchange of molecules. Yeah, we lose, on average, they say, 90, the, the average adult male loses 96 million cells per minute. But we also uh, replace those at yeah. the rate of 96 million per minute. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the good news. 
So we've got all these cells that we're losing. We've got all these new cells that are replacing them. And I think, like you said earlier before the break, that um, these the different types of cells and then hence different tissues uh, regenerate at a different rate, right? Yeah, and they all have specialized jobs and uh, the cells are often um, built in such a way to aid that job uh, physically, you know, different to make that job easier, which is really cool, too. Right. Shows how versatile they are. Yes. You know? Like stem cells are very versatile. Super. Um, so let's say uh, your skin. Yeah. Your skin regenerates every two to four weeks, I think. Yeah, so exactly. You get a new healthy coating of skin every two to four weeks because your epithelial cells are particularly good at regenerating themselves. That's right. And that is, um, well, I guess that would fall on the low side Obviously, if we're talking seven to ten years, on the super low side, you have the cells that line like your intestine and mm-hmm. your gut, mm-hmm. and uh, those things don't last long at all because it's such a harsh environment. You know, you wouldn't expect them to last like weeks and, and months and years. Yeah. Uh, I think how long is it? Five days. Yeah, that's nothing. But the structure of your guts, the that are um, beneath that membrane lining that turns over every five days, uh, is they last about fifteen years. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a like a beautiful, elegant system yeah. that we have right. to keep us alive. Uh, red blood cells last about 120 days, uh, but then you have things like cells in your bone, which actually regenerate as well. So your bones are, are over time, over a much longer period of time, actually becoming, I mean, I hate to call them new bones, but they kind of are, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, compare if you took your femur... And somehow compared it to your femur when you were 15 yeah. years old, like they are two totally different bones. Even though they're yeah. your bones, yeah. they were in the same place growing in the same person with the same DNA, they're still different bones. Because yeah, that's they're made of different cells. 10 years or so for the bones? Yeah, something like that. For the human skeleton? Uh, 300 to 500 days for the liver? Very important organ. It is. And one of the other cool things about the liver is it's just gangbusters at regenerating itself. Yeah. Um, you can apparently cut out 95% of a person's liver and it will grow back. And it, you won't have full function, but it will function. You'll yeah. survive with just 5% of your liver. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, because it will just grow right back. Kind of like a hornet's nest. <laughs> uh, interestingly, the inner lens uh, cells of your eye um, form in your embryo and basically don't change. Yeah. Now, is that why you have uh, suffer from degeneration and mm-hmm. vision? That's what I would guess. Is that the reason? Yeah. Or so, one of the reasons? So with the corneal lens, Chuck, when you're, when you're born, when you're conceived, right, you are a cell Gross. that divides yeah. finally. And once that first division takes place, those corneal cells, they're set in stone. Like, your corneal cells are as old as you are, yeah. same age as you. Almost, Other cells yeah. that make up different parts of the eyes, they're far newer. But your corneal cells, your um, cerebral cortex cells, they think? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I mentioned the brain and the heart muscles. Those are the two big ones because, obviously, um, the reason we have uh, diseases like Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and dementia mm-hmm. are because the cerebral cortex has long thought to not regenerate cells at all. Yeah. Uh, now I think they believe that uh, they do in a very small number. 
Or different regions, like the olfactory bulb supposedly does. Yeah, in the hippocampus. So we can learn new things. Our, our sense of smell can be refined over time. Yeah, and I think isn't that also the reason the smell um, is very much tied to your memory? Probably. Like a smell can conjure up a memory more clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the uh, the cerebral cortex itself, they don't think, uh, who, who was her name? Uh, Elizabeth Gould of uh, Princeton did a lot of work on this because it was just basically set in stone for years. Like, no, nope, doesn't happen. And uh, she did a lot of work over the years trying to prove uh, that it did um, using tracer studies. And I think that where they are now is they think it does some. Yeah. Here, there. Here, there. But obviously, we still have to mention Alzheimer's, so it's not, uh, it doesn't regenerate like the rest of the body. Not even close. Yeah. Alzheimer's also may be produced, I guess, by plaques. Remember plaque buildup? Oh, yeah. In between your neurons that keep them from firing as well? Yeah. That's. It seems like we're so close to figuring out mm-hmm. the, the secret, you know? Yeah. To, uh, I don't know about not dying ever. I'm not talking immortality, but um, living much longer lives. Well, let's talk about that because all of this stuff uh, kind of leads to that question. If we regenerate so often, why do we die? And we'll address that right after this. All right, so Chuck, um, there's this kind of, there's this idea that if we are regenerating ourselves every seven to ten years, where like the vast majority of our body cells regenerate, why do we age, and why do we die? It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense in that respect. Yeah, it's um, what they think is it has to do with your DNA actually in the cell. Um, our cells, as we age, even the new ones that get replaced, which really stinks, yeah. uh, become what they call senescent, uh, which means that they can't divide any longer. We've talked about the Hayflick limit before, mm-hmm. um, or uh, replicative senescence is basically how many times your cells can divide over its lifetime. Yeah, And I think uh, like a fibroblast, which is cells of the connective tissue in mammals, is about 50 cell divisions. Yeah. And then it hits that point of senescence and it starts sending out repair signals to your body that aren't necessary and that causes inflammation. Uh, and we've talked about inflammation kind of being the source of most uh, most of the original problems that will eventually lead to your death. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something becomes inflamed and leads to all kinds of problems. So there's no repair needed. So it's a false signal. So they're trying to come up with drugs now. Uh, there's one called uh, rapamycin mm-hmm. that tries to stop the cells from sending out those false signals, which is amazing. Yeah, that would be wonderful. You know? Um, there's another explanation for it as well is that when our cells divide, especially over time as we age, they're basically making photocopies of themselves. Yeah. And you ultimately, years down the road, end up making photocopies of photocopies. Right. And those don't tend to pan out very well. So as far as analogies go, that one kind of makes sense. That, yes, we have brand new cells, but the DNA copies, the the DNA blueprints that they're based on have seen better days. Yeah. Many years back, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good way to say it. Uh, we also talked a little bit about whether or not 
um, the heart muscle itself replenishes itself uh, right. in the cells. And for a long time, they had no idea. But um, now, um, thanks to our buddy, Dr. Frisson, he uh, is pretty much, uh, I don't even think we said what his, um, who he works with, did we? Uh, no. He works with the, uh, with a K, Karolinska team. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like incredible scientists that are making like amazing advancements and trying to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. But they did, in fact, find that the heart does replace itself, uh, the muscle cells. About 1% of the heart muscles are replaced every year at age 25. Mm-hmm. And that falls over your lifetime to less than half a percent oh. per year by the age 75. I spoke too soon. That does make sense. Yeah. So what they basically said is uh, about half of your heart's muscle cells will be exchanged during a normal lifetime. Okay. Which is okay. It is, but as it's <laughs> slowing down over time, I mean, the heart's kind of essential. Yeah, but they're hoping, again, to develop drugs that can accelerate that process, too. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how far along they are on that, but that'd be amazing. Um, so there's this, this whole thing that kind of came up to me, man, like that. I don't, all of this raises question to me, right? Yeah. If you look at like you or me or any living thing as, as an investment, um, like a molecular investment in the ability to reproduce, right? Okay. Once you finish your reproductive, uh, age. Yeah. Then it does make sense that you would just kind of, there would be built in this mechanism of, of aging and then death and then decay, which is what we do. Yeah. We return back to the earth to put it in kind of biblical terms. There's like that whole ashes to ashes, dust to dust thing. Sure. It is very, very true. And if you look at us and you look at, um, all living things as a, something that exchanges molecules with the external environment, takes them in, puts them out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and you look at us as all connected in that sense. Yeah, like we're just like a plant. Exactly, or we're just like a rock. Yeah. Like we're we're all that stuff, and those things are us because we're, we're able to exchange basic ingredients. Then it makes total sense that a person would come together, be conceived, start dividing its cells, you know, make more of itself, and then start to age and then die and decay. Yeah. And then it would give something else a chance to come up from that again, right? Sure. But then it makes you it makes you wonder, what's the point of that? What like, do you mean? Like, think about it. If we're just the same as plants. Like, why are we all here? Yeah. Like, if we're if the whole point is to just basically recycle materials, mm-hmm. because we are just recycling stuff from the environment and we're recycled as we die and decay. Yeah. What is the point? Is our point just to be part of the carbon cycle? So we're moving carbon in and out of ourselves and in and out of the environment and moving it around. Yeah. Or I, I don't understand what the point is of life, I guess, is what I'm saying. You're a nihilist. No, I'm not <laughs> saying I don't believe that there isn't a point. I'm yeah. just curious what it is. Yeah. Because, it, because if we are the same as any other living thing, mm-hmm. and the, the definition of living is an exchange with an active exchange with the surrounding environment, through yeah. breathing, through sure. eating, whatever. Eating, pooping. Yes. Then, and and then if you kind of take that a little further and say, well, clearly we're meant to like reproduce or something like that, mm-hmm. and and then after that we age and die. What's the what's the point? Like, why not just have one species of living thing? Yeah. And just let that do all of your carbon recycling or whatever. 
Yeah, I think, uh, are you about to quit the show? Um, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, um, uh, if we look at ourselves as a purely mechanical, serving a purely mechanical function on the planet. Like we are to the carbon cycle, what say evaporation is to the rain cycle. Yeah. Like we're a means of moving something along. Well, I think that's when you, man, 